real estate podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything. I'm Noelle Fryson with the Center for Real Estate Education. I'm Eric Anderson, Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. And today we're going to be talking about... About partnerships. Woohoo! It takes two. To make a thing go right. To make a thing go right. Woo! I was a DJ for a week and that was one of the songs I played. (laughs) So Eric, are you pro-partnership or do you think partnerships suck? Now remember, I'm one of your partners. Um, (laughs) Partnerships are like a fine restaurant. Some are really good and some suck. So it's really about what you put into it, knowing who it is you're partnering with. Um, I like to kind of date the partner before I actually commit to the marriage, but um, we'll talk about that. So you like to try the milk before you buy the cow. What if they don't put out? <laughs> That's a problem sometimes. So you, can't, yeah. so you can't do business with Eric then. Um, and you've, you've had all... I, I, for, I, I forgot. According to comments on YouTube, I have to tone down my sarcasm. So, wait. Okay, right. guys. So you've had all sorts of partnerships within real estate. And guys, we're not talking about your relationship partners. Although that is a partnership, but yes. And we can talk about... There's no sex involved. We can talk about, you know, yeah. uh, husband-wife partnerships and like when you do things with people that you're really close to. <clears throat> but you've been involved in a lot of partnerships. What's yes. the main point that you think people should know when they get a partner? Communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the number one thing. Communicate with your partner and make sure you both are on the same, have the same goals. Well, it is sort so of like a like marriage. A yeah. <laughs> it is sort yeah. of like a marriage. Well, we have our power panel here today. Yes, let's introduce them. As always, we have my love. Adam Sperber. I was hoping you were going to say me. Yeah, that took, that, that took a left-hand turn. I thought we were going straight to me. <laughs> he is the VP of Residential Real Estate at Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. And to my left, we have Omar Sharif, who is the VP of Alexander Anderson Capital Group. And of course, we have my rock star deal maker mm-hmm. and managing partner at a Mary law firm, Nima Mary. Hello, everyone. How are you? All right, guys, so do you agree or disagree that partnerships are really, that you need partnerships in in real estate? And tell me about a partnership that just rocked your world. Wow. In a good or bad way? Rocked your world. It could rock your way in a good way. It could rock your way in a bad way. Yeah. Okay. 30 seconds or less. Go. You start. It's impossible to say in 30 seconds. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm predominantly partner averse. And, wow, and really? yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is you need to share the same vision of what you want that project to be in a period of time. And also when you have good deals with upside and you can fund it yourself, typically you don't want to share, right? Um, I'm very selective about if who and if I partner with someone. And I had a nightmare story, nightmare. A friend of mine <clears throat> on a social level wanted, got some leads and wanted to get into flipping. And he wanted to partner up with me on the transactions. And I said, okay, that's not bad. I didn't find the deals. I didn't love the deals, but he was my friend. Wanted to do something with me, wanted some of my expertise, and candidly didn't make much of a difference for me because the original framework involved him putting out the money. Um, and that just turned, that took a horrible turn. Um, ultimately, while we made money on both projects, we would have made a lot more, and it pretty much ended our relationship, right? Because after he realized what it takes to do the projects, and I was supposed to be the brains, the knowledge, and all of that, 
um, you know, and it takes more time than he expected because his real estate agent misled him. Well, then he's like, well, you need to put in your capital. And I said, that wasn't the deal. Not a problem. Put up my share, 50%. I'm already in it. You know, it's just, it's just money, right? Relationships are more important. But what really caused us to really butt heads was management of the project. So while I was brought on specifically to handle that aspect of it, and I brought on certain people, and I'm, I'm a generous person, so, you know, I, I don't mind. Not to pat yourself on the back. No, like I gave like one of the contractors who I knew well, I gave him some Got equity because we were doing two projects and he gave us a really good price on the other. So I said, look, you know, I'll give you some equity on the deals, just get this done in time. Fortunately, he got busy, he subbed it out, and we dealt with these other contractors. I also, while I'm generous, may not be the nicest person, right? I'm not mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm honest. And apparently I made the contractor cry a couple times. Um, and you made uh, the contractor, you made the grown man cry. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, not I didn't Lawyers go, have, a, have the ability to do that. Well, look, he was being an asshole, right? Like I'm not born yesterday. I know what things cost. Um, and the problem was, well, my partner thought he was getting a deal because this guy was pitching to him that he's getting a deal and saying, okay, this is what I'm charging per day. Guys, having a per day person doesn't work if you don't control the productivity. Right. Most of the time, you're better off on a flat contract. So halfway into the job, I'm like, we are nowhere on budget. You guys don't realize this, but you know, this is a this is a disaster. And the only people making money right now are these three people who show up every day and just hang out for two hours. And their guy just talking about how technical their work is. So wait, you didn't. So at the end of the day, you didn't make the money. But where was the? What was? the problem with you guys, with you and your So friends. as the project took longer, because the, the contractors were taking longer, um, when money's involved, right, people start getting agitated and antsy, mm -hmm. right? And my position, and I was, I was becoming a little argumentative because I was watching any profits I had in the project get dissipated by the fact that I was being told, you can't push the contractors, you can't be on top of them. Like, I, that's important to me. Like doing things on an inexpensive manner is how you make money. You don't make money just leaving the job and bleeding. And, you know, at one point I said, listen, like we have two separate management techniques. We're already up on the project. This is my exact dollar to the penny in. Pay me and I'm out of the projects. So, this is, so what was your issue? Was it a management? Oh, so it, just so, give us the number one or number two reasons that right. that partnership. Communication. So communication. Yeah, communication. What about management style? It's completely different. Okay. And at the end, the, the fall apart was, when by the time we had listed it, we weren't even talking. I had completely stepped away. I said, do whatever you guys want. I, I literally wrote on a piece of paper, this is what the numbers you guys are gonna end up with. And we were about 10 grand off of what I wrote. How long did you know this person before you went to partnership? Oh, almost a decade. Was okay. he a family friend? No, no, okay. I, I should have known. We were just too different. Like he wasn't in real estate, right? He was in financial markets, he was in the stock market. And he had certain, you know, behavioral habits that should have been triggers that like, look, this guy's not maybe necessarily the right, mess with you. well, no, not the right mentality to be in a real estate transaction. Cause while you need patience, you also need to have foresight and people who get angry quickly. It's a very hard mixture. Like you need to keep your eye on the prize and that prize is your project having value. So right? did your gut tell you not to go into partnership and you went against your gut? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Never. No, that's not true. Uh, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing saying that now sitting across the end of it, I, I don't remember at the time what my gut said. I think if I really felt against it, I wouldn't have done it. I, I honestly thought that it would, like how hard could it be? It's just a property, right? Um, was that one of your first that you did on your own? Or no, I had done a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah, this was like four or five, it was right before COVID. Because one of the things about partnerships is that it's, it's much easier to jump off a bridge when you have someone else holding your hand. Okay. So 
there's a lot of people out there, and we're going to talk about this today, is that having a partner will actually enable you to do something. So obviously you didn't need that here. Yeah. So again, um, and, and that's 100% right. He and was actually trying to hold your hand to jump off the bridge. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, he, he, he had no knowledge. He had never done a real estate transaction before. And I think the pressure of things changing, things going wrong, and the constant need of capital right. really began taxing him. And then, you know, when you have to make these administrative decisions, because guys, we've talked about this in the first few episodes, things are hunky-dory, but they don't go smoothly. All of a sudden, like, the inspectors show up three months late. Like, these are things that, you know, if you're in the business, you get it. It doesn't freak you out. Yeah. But other people get nervous about it, and then they just don't know how to handle those emotions because they're not used to the transaction. Um, and, guys, flipping real estate on the quick is not an easy thing to do. You need to be organized, okay. right? Yeah. So, Omar, tell Omar. us about tell us about your partnerships or one of your partnerships. That so was. try to give us a more positive spin because you <laughs> gave us a negative. Spin. No, no, I've so, had I've had I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I also I've had good partnerships. The, the this is just the one that went sour, right? And the good partnerships are usually different, and they're for you know when when you're on longer term holds and things like that because there's not a lot of that anxiety and pressure, right? Okay. Right, because you have the the hand to hold. So our goal our goal from today is to go over some different partnership experiences, then to give guidelines on on what to look for in a good partner and then to help you understand that partnerships are not always a bad thing mm. yeah so they're not similar to Nima I'm also partner averse um, but I've realized that the right partnership is worth everything so I'm better at uh, spending more time weeding out or as Eric put it dating the partner before I decide to go into a partnership I've had good experiences I've had similar experiences to what Nima just described with flipping a house everything going wrong um, and then it's just part of the learning curve. So, Omar, well, how do you date? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your moves, sweetie. For all those um, girls out there. That's, that's a good question. So I think, <laughs> I think um, the proposition comes first, right? What are we trying to get done? Uh -huh. And what am I bringing to the table? And what's the other person bringing to the table? And I used to see it. And a lot of people think it's 50-50, but it really isn't. It's 100% and 100%. Uh -huh. And you're not, I'm not looking to split anything down the middle. I'm just looking to get it done. If the, per if the person's not available, I'll do it. I, I don't get into those discussions anymore. Dead on. Um, Dead and on. even when it comes to responsibilities and tasks that need to be done, I don't want to have those conversations that I did X, you did you did whatever the other case might be. Why? Yeah, neither why. <laughs> <laughs> but you're both in it for the same goal at the same end. Same goal, yeah. So now, if it's a bad partnership, it, it's going to manifest in a lot of different ways. It's not so much I'm doing more than you. It's more like you're just not... You're, you're running, you're ruining the partnership more than anything. So what was your number one, that out of that one that partnership, out. what were like, so for Nima, it was the management style was different, the yeah. communication, what were your issues with um, that? So one that went down, uh, terrible partnership was um, when I first started flipping houses, I partnered, not even partnered, but the GC I hired was a good friend of mine. Huh. And um, he had multiple projects going on and he volunteered to say, you know what, I'll GC your project because I already have the crew, I have this, whatever. And he wanted to partner with me on future deals. Long story short, I gave it to him, trusting him, and not only did he lie about the numbers, but he started, <coughs> I had an Excel sheet that he didn't know how I was tracking it, but every now and then he would just mess up the numbers, inflate the costs, inflate the expenses, and not tell me about it. So he was cheating. Yeah, yeah. so he was just a blatantly. bad person. He yeah, was so blatantly evil. doing that, but he was pocketing his fees, and I'm like, why don't mm. you just tell me that you're looking to make X? Like, why do you have to do it this way? So I called him out on it, my project got ruined, I had to replace him, and it, it was a nightmare. It was a really bad situation. All right, so that's a, that's a dishonest issue. Yeah, but um, it didn't come off that way. It's, it, it wasn't blatantly dishonest. 
It was but him. But it was. It, it, that's stealing. I, it is. But from his point of view, he was adding his markup, but he wasn't keeping track of the budget. So instead of telling me up front that this is what my fee is, this is what my budget is, mm -hmm. he would go and just keep increasing the numbers. And I would tell him, look, we're going way past our budget. So it, it didn't, he didn't have my interest at stake at all. It was just him getting mm -hmm. paid. So it was win-win for him, right? He was going to make right. money anyway, and the project yeah. lost mm -hmm. money. It didn't matter. Yeah. C can I change my answer? Actually, what Omar we're said. We're going to come back to, to you multiple we're, times. We're gonna, yeah. You're going to have multiple opportunities to. Okay, perfect. I just, I'm just going to say this one thing. Omar's, <laughs> an, Omar's, an, Omar's answer is better than mine. I, 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 I rescind mine, and I, I adopt Omar's 100-100. Nice. 100-100. Yeah, yeah, that is good. And we can talk about the 100-100. The 100-100 rule. I like that. 100-100. Yeah. You yeah. just started a new thing nice. here. But you both need to rescind. Yay. Rescind the Yay, position. Off to a good start. Okay, so now. Yes. You're in residential real estate, and partnerships can look a little bit different than in investments. Correct. Talk about that. So, and so, are you pro or con? Uh, so on my end, it's a different style of partnership. So you guys are partnering when it comes to investments. Maybe you're, I don't know, partnering with a contractor, partnering with somebody like that. For me, it's a, it's a little bit of a different animal. It's more partnerships when it comes to attorneys, when it comes to title companies, when it comes to lenders, when it comes to inspectors, mm -hmm. the whole package. So these are people that you're gonna use over and over and over again. So building partnerships with them is going to get you more, more leads. It's gonna give you more deals. It's gonna, it's gonna make things work better for you. So you know, I know I discussed um, last week, one of the things is building a relationship. It's a partnership with other realtors. Right. So yes, you are technically competing with these other realtors. When you're, when you're a realtor, you're competing with somebody else for the same listing. But there's times when you want to be friends with them because they're going to be able to help push your offer through. So you're the one who dates around. Yes, yes, I guess. <laughs> you date a whole Don't bunch of different people. <laughs> Jacqueline, if you're watching. Um, you yeah. played yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just really it. Like you, you, you have to make friends with all these people and you have to make friends with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different style of partnership. It still is a partnership, but like you said, you gotta, you gotta date around, you gotta, you know, there's gonna be all different styles of realtors. You gotta work closely with them because like I said, they're gonna be the gatekeeper and they're gonna be the ones that help you whether or not your offer gets approved or they take somebody else's. So wait, are you, are you saying try before you buy? And are you saying, do you have like a couple tests that you do to see if you actually can move that person into the partnership status? Well, I mean, it's, it's try before you, try buy. Before you buy, right? Um, so it's different though, because when, you know, let's say you're representing a buyer, mm -hmm. when you're representing a buyer, you don't really have any choice, but to partner with the listing agent on that property. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have a choice. So you have to just find a way to work with them regardless of their, their style. And that's it. You don't really have a choice because otherwise your, your client, your buyer is not going to get this house. But what about mortgage brokers or mortgage? Title exactly. Or? So that's a different, that's a different aspect because, you know, you want to work with somebody that's going to get the deal done and it's mm -hmm. going to help take some of the load off of your back so you can go out and do other other work. You want them to actually do some of the work. You don't wanna to have to call them constantly and say, hey, where are we with this? So yes, 100%. When it comes to a lender, try before you buy. Make sure that you mesh well, that they're gonna be responsive, that you're not gonna, honestly, that you're not gonna look like a jerk for recommending them. Mm -hmm. Because if you recommend a bad lender and your buyer has a bad experience with them, they're gonna be upset at you, That's just true. as much as they're gonna be That's upset true. at the lender. That's do you ever get anything and, and this could be illegal, so if it is, just shut me up. Um, do they ever give anything to you? Like, can they buy you stuff? Can they pay for things? Can they give you money? That's a different well, topic. You sugar mommy, you. <laughs> 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 Hit the buzzer for me. 
I like steak dinners. Can, um, they, can they make it worth you your can. while? <laughs> Um, you, you can. As the broker for a real estate company, no, there are no kickbacks. There's no kickbacks, I don't but like that word. you can have shared marketing expenses. <laughs> you can have shared, shared marketing market. expenses with like a lender. So, <laughs> so look, Wait. what we think here are assumptions and I think everyone has different marketing thought processes and categories and you should consult your local attorney based off of wherever you live to determine whether, you know, yeah. um, there, yes. are, there are other ways to work on okay. But But you can, like, let's say you're buying leads from different sources and things mm -hmm. like that. There are, there's, um, I think it all has to uh, fit into RESPA. The, what is it, real estate? Settle yeah, again, guys, there, I think on this topic, you should definitely, okay. definitely consult your... There's certain regulations, but you are, in some cases, you are allowed to co-market with lenders and with different companies, but there's certain rules you have to abide by. They can't pay 100% okay, no of your marketing. Dinners. Got it. So no. you could basically, Adam could partner up with a mortgage company, and they could both advertise their services together in Correct. a joint page Got in it. a newspaper. Assuming that and that is lawful in your cash. jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah, all right, there you go. Anyway, Okay, we'll, next. Move, up. we'll move forward. When so I, I want to talk about some partnerships. So. Okay. I'm going to be 50 in like 30 days and um, <laughs> <A minute. laughs> it's less than a minute actually. But um, so I've had probably like 10 or 15 different partnerships in my life. I've had some amazing partnerships um, and I've had some challenging, AKA shitty disastrous partnerships. So <laughs> one of the things you have to look at, right? And if you don't, try things in life you don't learn. So Noel may say to me, don't do this, right? But if I'm a young person, if I'm like 30 or 20 or whatever, and Noel's like, don't do this, I'm the type of person that wants to learn for myself because I don't care what anyone else says. I still need to learn and understand and get all the pieces. But sometimes you just have to go for it. You just have to jump in. Like, So if I want to go out and buy something, I just, I just want to jump off that bridge and I'm afraid to do it or I don't have the resources to do it. So I go and I get someone else to help me to make it happen. Um, so my first building that I ever bought, I partnered with my brother, um, which was an amazing experience and in, in, in a lot of parts. Your and then brother? It was my brother. That can be disastrous because... We had some challenges. You guys have um, to live together for the rest of your lives. Yes, and we're, fr we're friends, thank God. Uh, but we've had some challenges back and forth. Um, and then I've partnered with people that were outside of my family circle. Um, and I've had, I have one partner now that I've had, God, I'm going to be married 20 years in September. Um, to my Congratulations. Thank you. To my amazing partner, <laughs> Lena. Um, and, uh, I mean, she may tell you that we've had some ups and downs, but I think but we've had doesn't? a... Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. But anyway... So I've had a partner uh, for probably 30 years now, and it's been amazing. So pieces so of- So wow, longer than you've been married. Longer than I've been married. Wow. So pieces of partnerships, most important, get to know the person, uh -huh. okay? Go out to dinner with them, go play tennis with them, go socialize with them, learn who their friends are, learn who their family is. The more you learn about somebody, the more you know the ins and outs of who they really are. Their true character. It's like we're, we're both actually um, Omar and Nima were talking about scenarios where their partners didn't live up to something. So you need to know how your partner is going to react in a situation that has nothing to do with uh -huh. what you're doing. Because if they have a situation where, you know, some old lady falls down in the middle of the street and you see your partner running to help that person, 
that's going to show you how they're going to act to you during a business transaction. If they start laughing, then if you're they like, start what's laughing, going on? Right. right? Or, or if they pushed her down. Yes. <laughs> then you're like, oh my God, this is not the person that I want to be partners with. So um, adversity brings out the best or the worst in people. So trying to get that situation, you know, go out. And if you like to drink, go out and get drunk with that person. Oh, that'll tell see you how, so much. See how they act. See how they pay the bill. Are they cheap? Are they throwing money around? Do they try to leave the table and, and stiff you and make you pay for everything? Like all of those things are key factors in how this partnership's gonna go. But I would not be where I am today if I didn't have some amazing, amazing partnerships. Um, so I would say all in, go for the partnerships, do it, but, but use them as learning experiences and make sure that you constantly improve on who your partner's with. Um, one other thing about partnerships, warning signs for, or one of my biggest warnings, make sure you partner with someone that's, that's at your level or within a reasonable level. Uh -huh. So one of my best and oldest partners was probably had 400 times more money than I did when I started, but I was stupid and I didn't know better. Like that guy, if something had gone wrong, he could have crushed me because he had more money than I did to fight anything that would have happened. I got really lucky and I got an honest partner. But moving on to where I am now, 20 years later, knowing more, getting more exposure, being exposed to people at higher levels. Like if, if you go into a partnership and you have a contract that says X, Y, Z, remember that contract has to be enforced legally, okay? So if, if I'm a partner with um, Target, okay? So everybody knows Target is, not everybody knows who I am. Target's gonna be able so to Target has out, so right. much money Right. That even if they're a hundred percent wrong, they can just put all that money against me, and they can put me out of business with and the it's legal not fees. And not going to even phase them. Right. So you have mm -hmm. to know the level. Try to get into a partnership with someone that's at that level with you, just in case something happens. You can you can fight one for one on it. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe in partnering with family at all, at all. And I'm going to tell you why. I had a best friend in third grade. And yes, we started a lemonade stand. Oh, nice. My daughter wants that. We did a lemonade. Well, we were in the city. I'm from New York City. So we were in the city. So we had high traffic areas. And okay. we did our little lemonade stand. And we had, we had brownies and everything. And we got into a fight over the brownies and how much to sell the brownies for. And I felt like I was out there because I would walk up to people and be like, come get our brownies. And I was in third grade, so it was adorable. And people come buy our brownies. And she just sat there. And she didn't want to give up her money for what we brought the brownies for, the brownie mix. So, and we never spoke again. Like, we stopped being friends. We got into different groups. We, I don't know she? where Let's she is. Who is she? Let's call her. What's her name? I don't what know, Monica. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, Monica. But anyway, <laughs> so I, but that taught me actually at seven, eight years old that that can ruin a friendship yes. or a, a really something very special to you. Mm -hmm. So I would never partner with someone who's just, super uber close to me. But how do I find the partners? So let's say I don't want to partner with someone who's super uber close to me, someone who goes on vacations with me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, how do I find that person that's going to be the right person? How do I go out? I don't want to jump off the bridge by myself. I want to take someone down with me. Closed. How do I find the partner? So you want to, you want to, I, I think it depends on what you're looking to do, right? Let's say in, in your in, in what you do, in real, how do you find partners? So so honestly, I, I wasn't looking for a partner. It just kind of came about while I was doing what I would normally do. And um, I think uh, it's hard. I agree. It's hard to find a partner. 
But if I'm flipping houses and someone comes with a great deal and they need something I could bring to the table, that's mm -hmm. an opportunity to get into a partnership. But outside of that, I don't think I've actively looked for a partnership. What about you? Do you I mean, have you ever actively looked for a partnership for, for something that you want to do, <coughs> something that, you, that you're like, I need X, Y, Z to help me do this? to look for someone. Sure. So first, I just want to explain to everyone, you may be watching this wondering why I was signing a bunch of documents. Uh, I had a closing going on. I'm buying a property. And uh, they're a little bit pressing me time sensitive. So I apologize for having to do that closing on the I show. I think that we need to put out <laughs> oh, uh, a contest. <laughs> and the contest is, in every episode, find where Nima makes himself special. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either it's the ice or the signing you know, of important documents. You know you know what it is? At the end of the day, while this is all phenomenal and all of you guys are doing stuff, I think the one thing you should learn from some of my ridiculousness is business should never stop, right? Don't, mm. if you, even if you're doing something and it's fun and it has another meaning behind it or purpose, guys, your clock is ticking on the day. You know, just don't, don't sit around for an hour and say, okay, that's cool. Or even if you're having lunch, you should be figuring out a way how to make moves and how things need to be moving. What, if, not what if it's like 12 o'clock on a Friday night and you're making those moves? Should business stop then or? Which moves are we talking about? Those partnerships? Whatever, you, whatever, whatever you're doing at home. <laughs> so, all right, to, to, to your point and to your, to, to your question. <laughs> um, so, no, I usually don't actively look for partners. Um, I think I'm gonna tie into a little bit with what I'm going to combine what Eric said and what Omar said. Hmm. Um, so I said a bad story because usually the bad stuff pop in. I had another partnership that was phenomenal. Um, the, we made money on it, the, the, the deal, but I did 98% of the work. And I was totally fine with that. And in fact, I had such a good partner that he used to constantly come up and tell me, listen, like our 50-50 split on this doesn't make sense because you're doing all the work. And my answer always was, well, no, that was our agreement. So it doesn't matter. That's what it is. I had Holding no, to the yeah. agreement. That's I had, how you know you have a good partner. Yeah, I had no problem doing all the work. And when I got into it, I understood he didn't have the knowledge I did. And I, I chose those things. Like I chose to go get a trailer and but you know go to Home Depot. Him? Well, I liked him. What was him. he bringing to the table besides? Capital and okay. really I, I needed the capital on that transaction and I trusted him, okay. right? And he trusted me. So at the end of the day, I knew I'd be doing most of the work, but I gave it my 100. I didn't say, well, you know, why aren't you doing this? On occasion, if I was like really time strapped, I'd be like, hey, we have this order at Home Depot. Would you mind? And it was okay if he said no, but he would step up when I asked him to. But I. I had no problem doing all the work, but okay. that goes to Omar's 100 100. Mm -hmm. And that also goes to Eric's know the character of who you partner up with, mm -hmm. right? Because both of us were on the same page, and neither of us at the end of it were petty in terms of thinking, <coughs> well, I did more work, so I should have more money. We made a deal in the beginning of the project, and whatever happened in between then, that was the deal. And you live up to it, and you just have that 100 100 mentality, and it's great. Um, with that being said, um, no, I don't look for partnerships. I think that sometimes partnerships just, they arise out of necessity. You know, at a certain level you're at, the only time really partnerships develop is when people are doing multiple projects and you just don't want to pass up on a project. So yep. you have to bring in like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, I think partnerships um, are advantageous because it gives you access to more capital. It gives you more buying power that you don't otherwise have. And half right. the pie is better than no pie. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And you just want to make sure that whoever you're doing it with isn't petty, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh. money has a value. Relationships have value. Access has value. At the end of the day, 
you know, everyone needs to sort of respect that. And you'd be surprised, you know, typically when people are on the same level or like-minded, they'll end up finding a way to balance it out and there won't be much argument. Everyone understands capital needs a return. Everyone understands that relationships have value. Everything sort of balances itself out, you know, at a certain point on a certain level. <coughs> if you're sitting there, <coughs> excuse me, allergy season. If you're sitting there counting or nickeling and diming, you guys, you guys aren't getting killed the last couple of days? No. Yeah. Is this, oh. this going to be a plug for like Zyrtec? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not connected to Zyrtec. But if you were injured in a Zyrtec accident, if you partnered, <laughs> if you partnered with Zyrtec, yeah. then we could hold it up right here. Yeah. So you, you just, we need more subscribers. Like, don't 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 sit there and count your pennies because that's not how a partnership is healthy or successful. Correct. Because then you begin developing animosity, and it, you're going to end up losing more money than you're going to make. You know, you have to go in with 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 Omar's mindset and with Eric's thought process. So. Eric explained to all of you what he did with some 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 Sun Tzu stuff, right? Um, he was all about oh, breaking master. down <laughs> breaking down your true character in the most vulnerable. When there's no money on the line and everyone's mm. wearing their you know business bow tie, so to say, you know when he's out there, you're out there just hanging out. You see people's character for who they really are. Having a little scotch, right? Yeah, and that that does end up rolling over into how they act or behave in business. So, you know, if you do get to know someone and you're comfortable enough to deal with them, you know, you should know how they're going to react. Like the, my partnership that went bad, I must be an idiot not to think it would have gone bad because I knew the guy's character. I knew his personality. He's a great person. And as a friend, I still like him tremendously, although we don't talk anymore. Sure. Our just personalities did not mesh well in a business setting. Uh -huh. Right. Why did you do it? He asked me to. Okay. Right, so he was a friend, and he asked me to, and no, I thought I could have value. You, everything is a learning experience. It's yeah, true. Everything a is learning. Yeah, so yeah. so I've over the years, as I've gotten more successful, and as I've, and honestly, post COVID, COVID changed me a lot. I've become far more comfortable telling people no, and I've been far mm -hmm. more comfortable losing relationships, right? Because you realized you didn't actually need all of the relationships that you had, probably. No, I think you always need relationships. I'm not saying you don't need yeah. them, but during COVID, we became more insular, right? We, we, we I can live without them. Right, I can I can live without the ten million friends that I have and just stick with my core. Yeah, and then I also pr priorities change as in different yeah. stages in life too. Like I hope a lot of you people watching this podcast, you know, not hope, uh, you know, if if a lot of you are in your twenties and you're beginning your grind, your priorities are completely different. Mm -hmm. Once you get a little bit older, you've got a couple projects under your belt, you have children, your priorities also change, right? They become your priorities. Your money aspect changes. You're no longer thinking about making a hundred grand and spending twenty five grand on a private jet to go on a trip. Right, you're gonna spend a hundred grand, and you're gonna either invest it or you're gonna put it into long-term accounts for your kid's college fund. Like, just your whole mentality priorities changes. Change. Yeah, and your priorities change, right? So, at the end of the day, unless you're Omar, and then you know you just got to pay for all the dates he goes on. <laughs> that means I, I was about to say, fund. I'm not. I, I'm working towards making a hundred grand and spending twenty-five on the private. Jet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just giving a hypothetical out there. <laughs> let's let's. They used to be twelve grand. We were Thanks talking about how to find those partners, mm -hmm. and these guys are saying that they're not I looking. I will tell you. Okay, Kay. tell us. If you tell us Craigslist or <laughs> Swipe no Left. Craigslist. No, no, no. Almost no. like bad partner, no bad Tinder, partner, no bad partner. Are you Tinder? It's really, you really <laughs> have to just. We should create that. Are you Tinder? We talked about creating that. So anyway, we'll talk about that. And if now. anyone steals their idea, we will sue you because <laughs> we thought of it here. Anyway, so. <laughs> How do we find? How do, how do I find? We, no, I now he's scared about giving out our proprietary information. <laughs> how so do we find the partner? Basically, the way that I found all of my partnerships was through the normal course of business. Mm -hmm. So I was doing business. I would meet people. I would learn about people. I would rent something. I would buy something. 
I would make friends through networking. Mm -hmm. So some of my partners are some of my best friends. Mm -hmm. So while we talk about don't partner with your friends or family, if you have, if that friend becomes your friend through business, then I think it's okay you to know have the way a partnership. To act. You know because you started do. your relationship in a business venue. If that friend is your friend, and then you go and they're not in your business, and then you become the partner, that's a little bit more difficult because they're not in your same field. Like where Nima had that partner that maybe wasn't in that same field with him. You know, if I meet Omar or Adam or Nima or Noel in a business capacity, and then we become friends over the years, and then that leads to a partnership, we already know that we're in the same world. And that makes yeah. more sense. Yes. So that would be the way that I would pursue it. Build your network, build your, your contact list, get out there, talk to people, talk about the things that you like to do, see who else likes to do that thing. And then you know maybe you're out, you're out on a Thursday night at a networking event at a chamber of commerce with people in this world. But, and, and we're gonna get to yeah. finding people in residential, Definitely. but I just wanna say, what if I have this amazing deal and I know it's amazing and all, I've done the numbers that Omer talks about in the Burr class at recareercenter.com slash product slash Burr. April 6th. 201 <laughs> Coming up April 6th. April Quick, 6th. throw your cell phone number in too, Adam. <laughs> so you're basically but saying, I'm saying I know my card. it's an amazing deal and I need to find someone who's going to lend so me So you capital. have no connections. So, I mean, I don't, I, I just, zero. I have, you have zero an, So a deal falls in your lap and because you're and paying attention, you realize it's right. a deal. How do I find So that's person? really, that's really difficult because you don't want to find the wrong person. Yeah. So you can blow up a good deal. You could blow up a good deal. So mm. sometimes something like that would be better to wholesale where you're selling it to someone else and, and Omar can, yeah. can, can touch on that because that way you're still making your money, but you're not like in the deal and you're not worried about all those deal points because it's just transactional and it's like yeah. you're throwing it to someone, they're going to pay you and you're done. But you have to find people in your world. If you don't know anyone in your world, it's get super hard. You have to get out, go to networking events. And if you're looking, like Noel says, if you even are starting to look mm -hmm. for deals or opportunities in your life in that world, whatever it is, real estate or restaurants or whatever it is, then get into that world. Go, go put yourself in those networking groups. Go learn about that. Tell us about wholesaling, why that What's would help. Wholesaling? Um, can can yes. I ask you a question, though? Something no, you just but. said. So how do you get into that world? Networking. How? I mean, you can go to but, events. But, you can... It's called drinking. No, no, honestly. So you bring up a really good point. But what yeah. you're talking about is getting access to capital, right? Yep. Which is very hard. Like, enter a world where people are willing to give you their money. And uh -huh. from in your experience, you know, having started from the really the bottom and climbing to the top, how could you tell people, like, it's easy to say, get into that so world. I How made, would you explain I it? made, so I'm not the one to ask that question. Actually, Omar is going to answer this question. I made my own money. That's a good point. Okay. Omar actually did this. Um, so I think in the course of business, if you come across a deal, if you're in the real estate space, you'll meet other real estate people. It's you can't operate in a vacuum. But how do you do it if you're like how do you get to start meeting those real estate yes, people? Yes, you what had you, you started yeah. with nothing yeah, and you so, all of a sudden were like, Oh my god, I have these opportunities, I need money. You did this. Yeah. So what, what ended up happening is um I used to go to real estate clubs, real estate networking events. Mm -hmm. Not to say I met anyone there I partnered Studio with. Studio fifty four is now <laughs> RE fifty four. Clubs <laughs> lounges. We're gonna do that soon, hopefully. And then and then I kinda just uh, as as you get more into it, you just the more you talk about it, the more like-minded people you attract. And there's truth to that. And then when I came across an opportunity and I needed to partner or find funding with someone, uh -huh. I asked around. I asked yeah. everybody. 
Yeah, so it wasn't specific to the real estate clubs. When I needed funding, I asked my friends, I asked some family members, I asked for referrals, and I just literally went person to person. And you were just vocal about it, which is you know what we tell yeah. real estate yeah. agents to do when they first start. You're vocal you, about you it. How did you ask them? I told them that you I have. Yeah. Well, it's it was it was a challenge. All, all joking aside, right? It's an awkward conversation. You're you. How do you go up to someone? whether it's a friend or a complete stranger, like what was your pitch to, hey, give me money, why so, should I deserve so money? You're right, and that's exactly it. <laughs> so part of it was- right, can <laughs> I have some more, sir? <laughs> part of it was understanding that if you're in real estate investments, you have to have this financing arm as part of your everyday pitch. And I didn't realize that at first. But um, as, you get, as you come across good deals, you have to understand that real estate people talk about money. It's just part of your normal conversation. So when I would talk to people, I would tell them, do you have money sitting in the bank? Do you have money sitting in your 401k account? What do you plan to do with it? Let me steal your retirement. Let me invest <laughs> your retirement and give you returns that you wouldn't otherwise get in your retirement account. So, right. so, so what was like the reaction you would get, right? Because walking up to a stranger saying, hey, what's in your 401k almost sounds like a con, but it's not, right? Because you're, you're a real right. person making real returns. Like, how, how would you recommend for everyone watching to, to feel comfortable or make that pitch, to break that barrier, to talk to people about giving them money? So the first deal I had, I wasn't able to raise money, just to be clear. It wasn't easy at all. In fact, everyone I spoke to said no, because I had no experience. But slowly, after I made money on the first deal, I put all my money into the next deal. I had skin in the game. And then I went to my close friends. And you were like, ha, see, I made money. To an extent, mm -hmm. to an extent, I, this is real. And then from that point forward, I asked my closest friends, and I don't hold it against people if they say no. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their different levels of risk, but. I got a few referrals and people gave me as little as 25 grand here, 25 grand there. Um, and I gave them great returns. I gave them above average returns, which sacrificed profit on my end, but it helped me snowball into a lot, well, a lot it of help, other things. It helps you build credibility. So yeah. what Omar did is he started out with nothing. He went to people that may not have had any experience in this. And instead yeah. of asking for a partnership per se, where you and I are signing on something together, mm -hmm. It's kind of more along the lines of what Adam did with partnering with other other brokers or, or attorneys. He literally just borrowed money from these people. Yeah. So that was a more of a financial partnership than mm -hmm. an actual deal partnership. So right. That's a different type of partnership. Mm -hmm. But what he did is he gave away more than he should have. But what it did is it built him a right a resume. A trust. Yeah. So yeah. now on deal two, he already had a successful right. deal one. Yeah. So you know, as right. you move up that success ladder, your value is better. Adam. Yes. I want to Noelle. sort of be. We do have a lot of real estate agents who watch this, and mm -hmm. and as we know, most real estate agents are. You guys both went on your phone when I started talking. Come Boom. on. I had a. Come on. We're okay. listening. <laughs> so, you. I had a lead on a property in Ridgewood. <laughs> Three bedrooms. Two uh, bath, four, No, four bedrooms. Under market. Four. Pe uh, we'll talk. Adam, quick search. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Um, <laughs> but we know we have a lot of real estate agents yes. and, and residential real estate agents who watch this. Tell me, you probably have people who are coming to you all the time <laughs> right. saying, I'm a great mortgage person. I'm a great title person. Uh, I do this. How do you vet them? How do you decide who you're going to work with? So, you know, it's taken years. So, it you know, everybody I work with right now is somebody that I've built up a relationship with. And at some point, you have to give somebody a chance, right? If, you, if you're looking to expand. You, you have to kind of go out there. You have to be willing to just try new people if you're looking to kind of expand your network. Um, you so know, you're like a real estate swinger. Try before I'm a real you buy. Try before you buy. Once again, I'm sorry if you're watching to my wife. Um, 
<laughs> but it, it really is like so. So you know, I partnered very closely with like a lender, for instance, um, and we did a lot of things together before we actually partnered together. I would just throw her deals, she would give me some deals, and we just worked very well together. And we realized that we both we work twenty four hours a day, mm-hmm. and we work really hard. We just like what we do, and we're good at what we do. And you found that you had the same type of same type of. Um, <laughs> Working style. Exactly. So so that led to a partnership between the two of us. Um, but it, it's just it's just about getting out there and just, you know, swinging, I guess, right? <laughs> it's a get swing it. and a miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have a lot of swing and a misses though. You're gonna have a lot of people just look, just look for the pineapple. So nothing <laughs> upside down pineapple. Nothing oh. that you do is actually put on paper. You don't make any kind of agreements, right? Sometimes we do. Really? Sometimes they're more it depends. Yeah. Okay. We've all seen Fifty Shades of Grey. We know you can make a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, Nima. I was blushing. <laughs> no, this, I, I, this, this, this episode is is, is this is GP thirteen spicy. Yeah, right. This is going to um, be a little explicit sign. So, there. what are the different types of partnerships that people form legally? Like, what are you? I mean, there's a good ones and the bad ones. Have to have a LLC. <laughs> the ones that make you money and the ones that don't. Does <laughs> everything have to form a separate LLC, or do you have to like what? What? Uh, so that's what a good the, question. So, how, how would someone new? Who wants to partner? How would they go about doing it? Right, is legally. it is it straight to the LLC operating yeah. agreement, or is this is it's there it something more to that? Sure. Right. Yeah. So 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 guys, without really going into explaining it legally, this is not legal advice. It's just a general outline. Um, the term partnership is just thrown out without really appreciating what it means. So if you if me and Adam have an LLC together and we buy a property, we're not partners, mm-hmm. right? We're members in a company with our share. Partnership law and limited liability corporate law and corporate law are two are three separate things. New Jersey has a partnership can be created by two like-minded people getting into an investment together. If is it a legal partnership? There is there is there's a statute defined for for that, and it defines the terms of that partnership if you don't have it in writing, right? Um, if you guys like do it. I would recommend, without knowing the terms of the deal, again, I can't, this is not like a universal suggestion, but typically I find LLCs to be better vessels because you guys can turn around and define your relationship in writing, which should always be done because it's really hard to fight after the fact if you have a written document that says, hey, these are our roles, right? So if someone's not doing it, it's not like, it's not a fight. It just, we agreed, you know, let's figure out how to fix it. Um, then you have a limited liability company, then your members, you can add and subtract members. You're not partners. And most operating agreements for LLCs will say that you're not partners. And operating agreements are, are necessary because you know, just going online and creating an LLC is not enough. And when you get like these websites like Rocket Lawyer, they give you operating agreements, but they're these boilerplate things that really are not what so you, you guys don't should rely on. Suggest any? No, of if you're okay. going to do a real estate project, go to a lawyer, pay a couple thousand bucks. It could be anywhere from one to three thousand dollars. Because you could lose a whole lot more. Yeah, listen, yeah. people who you spend more money fighting mm-hmm. after than you do paying for it to be structured right in the first place. And if you, even if you don't have an LLC, though, there is a separate statute for how uh, liability, limited liability companies are governed. It's called the Revised Uniform Limited Liability Act, which was changed sometime circa, I want to say, 2014 <clears throat> or 13. Um, and we mimic a lot of Delaware's rules. And then you have a corporation, which is different from all of them, because there's a lot more layers and corporate governance that is implemented with authority being needed in different manners. So we, most people, even lawyers just willy-nilly use the term partners, and that means two people doing something together. I'm going to add a fourth element to that that really I can't explain 
on just this podcast. But let's assume Adam and I want to go buy a property together, right? Aw, your first house. It better have a white picket fence, and <laughs> your wife better not have a problem with our coat. Um, but anyway, so let's assume we want to buy this house together. And we're not doing it in an LLC. We're partners. We're just going to say, listen, let's put it under both our names, right? That's kind of the quick way to just do it. Is well, that dangerous? Like, not, da not da I mean, is that a liability to do it that way? Just put both your names on it. What if something happens? Then you're just as much. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. That's a, that, that's a great quick liability question. And I can answer that, but I think maybe we should have like an entire podcast on that because that's a really, really important thing to talk about. On liability. Yeah. Um, but I'll leave it to you. If you want me to answer it, I will. But, no, no. Keep, keep, continue but but, but to, the, to the point with Adam, look, you guys will just get a deed and assume, okay, well, we both co-own it. That's not the case. So there's two types of ownership on a property, and this includes your wife or spouse, right? You have tenants in common, right? And you have joint tenants. Mm -hmm. And those two things mean two completely separate things. One of them means that you're both 100% owners. Another means that you could both be 50% owners. And it talks about what happens if one person passes away. It doesn't get go to whoever they delegate. It, the, their share gets vested entirely into the other person. So you know, even down to that, if you're buying a partner and your lawyer, whoever you're talking to is not asking you the structure in which you want that purchase to be done, like you have a problem, right? So <clears throat> even if you're buying something with your spouse, you should ask and you should look into, are you tenants in common or joint tenants in partnership? Um, two completely different things, two completely different terms. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> So you bring you bring all up of, a very all of our students at the Center for Real Estate Education should know those terms because so I know we go. Nima brings up really good points here. So it's really easy to get into a partnership. It's really easy to both sign on a paper and to buy something, but it's really that that behind the scenes stuff that's important. And everybody's super excited when they're mm -hmm. buying that property yep. and when they're when they're getting into that first relationship. But always spend the time, spend the money to get it put in writing. Mm -hmm because things do change. And unless you know someone, or if you have that, you know, if you really dated that person for a long time, where you know how they're gonna react, you can't not do it in writing. I've done, I've done it. I've done all the different scenarios. I've trusted people. I've said, we're gonna get this in writing later. And always blows there's, up there's always, it always blows up in your face. When you have those long-term relationships, you could do anything. I've had people, I've had millions of dollars change hands, all word of with a handshake, with my long-term trusted relationships, I've never had any issues. But that's a it's, unique yeah. situation. Yeah. Eric's yeah. not saying that to all. Like This is someone that he's done business with probably for years. Uh -huh. you know, that's like, or just spent a lot of time with. You know, So as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, and, and my wife has always been there on my shoulder, like approving or disapproving people. So <laughs> always listen to your wife. That's number one. I agree with that, David. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a law firm that handles family law, <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. But you know, if someone, if someone, it's important, if you're going to be partners with that person, get, get the families together, get to know them, let your wife meet them, let your spouse, your husband meet them, whoever it is, let that other person meet them, get that feedback. Because mm -hmm. if you're married, right? So I'm married, I've been married for 20 years. If I'm partners with Noelle, if something happens to me, guess what? My wife and Noelle are now partners. True, Okay. that's true. So you gotta look at the big picture, you gotta understand all the components, especially if it's something that's gonna be long-term. But get it in writing, get it figured out, get it understood. To Eric's point, guys, so you're, the greatest partnership that you're gonna have in your entire life is not monetary related, it is your spouse. And Eric insinuated this, but he may not have said it directly, 
it's also important because if you see how a man treats his spouse mm. in the good and the bad, because everybody fights, everybody argues, but if you see how a man interacts with his spouse or vice or versa, for that matter, right? A woman with their spouse, you'll probably see how they'll or interact with you in business, right? Because that's when what Eric said earlier is going out with people and understanding the nature of their character in a the most vulnerable personal setting. That's when that kicks in. Because if you see that they're unkind, if you see that they're abusive, if you see that you know they're short-sighted, they're probably going to treat you the same way once that honeymoon phase ends in the partnership yep. and it becomes a regular marriage and they're, you know, well, you're not what, let's talk about the divorce. How do you? Oh, what's we're your not exit? Ready for a divorce. What? No, not not your partner, partner. But <laughs> what's the exit strategy if you are in these partnerships? Whether it's been formalized through writing or it's not. What's a rap song? Out? It's like I got prenup. Who sings that? Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may have baited that answer. Or is dating? So that's like. Yeah. So I was like, guys, what's your operating agreement? Right, but what if you don't have one? How do you get out? Of, like, what what are the ways that can you, we name celebrities who have lost that's half their shit? Other, that's yeah, we're not having it. No, we have to talk about how we how no, you, we can do a whole thing. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. We can do a whole podcast right? on dissolution of partnerships. We're not here it's that for that. Big. Yeah, it's it, huge. It can today. be. Wow. But wow. but to your point, Noel, I think um, I went through this as well. When you try to partner with someone, uh, when it came time to look at the operating agreement and review the terms, it was so intimidating. I canceled the partnership just because of that. Really? Yeah. So we used to, I, I was, it was with these other investors I was working closely with. They were friends. They were doing deals. And the plan was for me to be broker, open an office, so on and so forth. Everything was good until we got to the operating agreement. And they didn't want to answer the questions that I had. And then I don't know anything about an operating red agreement. Flag. Yeah. How much Huge am I going to pay an attorney yeah. to sit down and go through every line of an operating agreement? So. But, but why would you, if you, if, why would you even need to, right? If you are entering a partnership, the operating agreement should be pretty clear what everyone's roles are. If it becomes that intensive and that yeah. complicated, they're hedged. And I'm telling you guys, this as a lawyer, they're hedging for failure and they're hedging to be able to, to wipe you out. Yeah. Um, you know, Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. That's Things should be simple. Nice. And that is a good one, right? Even if you we don't- make real estate simple here. Yeah. Real estate. <laughs> we make real estate simple. And if you're dealing with someone that over is, is overcomplicating it, um, they can protect themselves and still have a simple document, right? They just don't want you to understand. They don't want you to know that you're getting the shaft. Yeah. And Omar made a good point. He should have walked on that scenario because it would not have ended well. He did walk. That's good. Yeah, because okay. operating agreements are intimidating. You know, I shouldn't have said should have. Yeah. Omar made a good point by walking. Should have was the wrong word. So we've had a lot of back and forth here. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you that life is about having experiences and if there's a goal or a direction you want to head in, in 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 real estate specific or in anything, you want to open a restaurant, you open a, want to open a business, if you can't do it on your own, but you really want to do it, sometimes partnerships are the way to go. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I've had probably t 10 to 20 different partnerships. I still have some amazing partnerships that have lasted for years. Those partnerships have made me a better person. They've given me experiences and opportunities that I would not never have had so I am all about partnerships, 2 million percent about partnerships. It's just learning who to partner with, learning the pitfalls. And again, it's all about dating that partner before you commit. Also, people have different experiences. So if you don't know a ton about one thing, your partner might have that, yep. that kind of knowledge. And you always need people who are actually interested to yeah. bounce things off yes. of. 
sure. because I can go to my friends all day long, but they may not care about a real estate school. That, that might yeah. not be what they want to talk about. You know what I mean? So having that person that you can go through everything, you can get that second opinion on is priceless. And it's fun. Like who doesn't want to have fun with more than themselves, right? Right. Nobody wants to have fun by what? themselves. Uh, <laughs> you can have fun by yourself, but well, that's a whole other podcast. No, I'll think. In honor that. of your fiance, who I've met, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he takes umbrage. <laughs> yeah, but having having someone to celebrate your successes with, and someone ha having someone to to discuss challenges with, or, or things to over. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Or things to overcome, like. Partnerships are amazing, and and again, my partners today are some of my best friends in life, I and I wouldn't change it any other way, and um, I think it's amazing. So just figure out the steps to get there. Talk to people. Ask people who've had successful partnerships. Ask people that have had unsuccessful partnerships. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask questions. <coughs> yeah, and when it comes to a partnership, I could just add, be honest, right? Put everything out in front in the beginning, because if something has been said, you know, it's out there. It, it's not an issue after the fact, right? Just put it out there, mm. put your terms out there. Don't be embarrassed or do, like at the end of the day, figure out your terms in advance because then it's very easy to follow because you're both on the same page before it happened, right? Like put out there your expectations. And my, my recommendation would be don't get into a partnership if you're not willing to bend or be reasonable. Compromise. Mm, compromise. Yeah. Right? That's for all because everything. you just it's just not going to work, right? Both people, it, being in a business partnership really is the same as being in a marriage. And like, Adam, you know all about compromise. I do. He's going to have to compromise a lot when he gets home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's about the bouncy house. <laughs> you're going to be eating some Chinese food from your main street for the next like six months, bro. Com compromising but, to make deals. Yeah, no, you, you sometimes have to. You know, you have to, you know, it, when it comes to a deal, it's all about give and take. Same thing with your relationship. Same thing with your marriage or your spouse or whatever it might be. It's, it's harder. It's yeah, but it's all you about buy your business partner Cartier watch. You could. You yeah. could. You can. That'd be an awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I bought you this wonderful feminine watch made of pure gold. Catherine, Catherine has a question. She says, this has been so interesting. Thank you, Catherine. Um, you all have developed a good gut instinct for what works. Do you We've feel developed you a good gut. <laughs> no gastrointestinal <laughs> problems here, guys. Do you feel you came to real estate with this, or was it developed by being in the field? Does real estate develop that gut instinct? Can, I, can I, you want to answer? Go for it first. I'm only going to answer if you leave a positive All comment. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. YouTube. <laughs> so life is a lesson. So no matter what you, no matter what college you go to, whether it's Princeton or Pace University that I went to, or Ramapo or, or Bergen Community College, we can only teach, or schools can only teach so much. It's the experiences in life that actually get you somewhere. So the reason that I can talk about things so specifically today, it's because I've experienced, I've experienced the goods, the bads, the uglies, the amazings. I've had the ups, I've had the downs, I've had, I can't say I've had a lot of losses, but I've had some disappointments, but I've had a lot of successes. So, and I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to go to Nima or Omar or Adam and be like, 400 questions, right? To the point where he's like, all right, get the hell away from me. Right. But I'm not afraid to ask those questions because that's what helps me make the decision. So it's just, it's just, you know, try before you buy, try those discussions, have them, and then eventually you'll figure it out. School hard knock. Yeah. 
So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, but I want to go around the table, and I just want to have a yes or no partnerships. Yes for these guys. Out Eric's there laughing because he knows I'm like capable of yes or no. He's like this guy played himself. Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> I know this the answer. This is a trick question. I know the answer. Target me. I know the answer has to be a yes. All right. Well, what are we gonna say? <laughs> Adam. I say yes. You say yes. yes. I say yes. yes. For the right partnership, it works out. Wait, what's the question? So he doesn't partnership, yes or no? Partnerships, yes or is, no? For all of oh, our oh, viewers. Is Nima is Nima handsome or not? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aw. Just kidding. That's because I said uh. If I said yeah. <laughs> but yes, I do. I do agree. I think partnerships are a good way to go. Just know who you're partnering up with. And especially for agents, when you're partnering with with the different vendors that you use. Yeah. When you're partnering right. with a lender, an attorney, just know who you're partnering up with and just know that you mesh well and you work well together. Right. And you're gonna have times when it doesn't work out and you're gonna have to end the relationship and move on. Okay, Omar? Um, I would say yes, and I'll end with saying that when I first started in real estate, I would have partnered with someone if the deal was great, but now I would only partner with someone if they have a good character, and then we make the deal good. So okay. my views have changed. Yeah, I, I would say yeah too. And you know, I would say yeah in a two-part series. I would say if it is a deal that is, and this is, we didn't even touch on this, if it's a sub like half million dollar deal, it's a short little quick flip, probably not. You have to calculate what your margins are and if it makes sense to bring in a partner, right? Because that's when you have less margins, more room for error, and it's a lot more intense. But I would say absolutely. And the reason for that universally is, guys, you have far more buying power if you're splitting money, yeah. right? So if instead of buying one property, you can own two at 50%. You can own three at 25%. And there's also less risk for each property. Because if yeah. you only have a 50% ownership in that property and something goes wrong, you don't have as much risk because you're kind of diversifying among especially in commercial. Because last word. So we got the last sorry, risk. No, no, you're right. I was saying commercial. You're, it's you're more, dead right. It's yeah. more fun if you're going to take a mortgage for six and a half million dollars. It's more fun to do that with someone else than it is to do it by yourself. <laughs> Very true. So I'm all about partnerships. Go for it. Try it. Make your dreams happen. So, just if so you, you visualize know, it, wait, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'll <laughs> give you the cue. Wait, 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 too, wait, by listen, the way. Guys, Life is like a guys, box of chocolates. Like subscribe talking about YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of that good stuff, Apple Podcasts, and email us with questions. But anyway, if you visualize it, you can own it. Yes, you can. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.